Actually, the, the Russian withdrawal is also partly driven by exasperation with President Assad. It may very well be. So what the Russians achieved with their intervention was the rescue of Bashar al-Assad. So they were able to help him regain some territory so that he has a position that's militarily, tactically defensible. That allows them then to have a stronger position at the negotiating table. But the Russians realized that, of course, Assad was very much enjoying the the effects of the Russian intervention. And if it were up to Assad, I'm sure that he would continue to have the Russians in there taking more and more territory for him. For the Russians, an increased intervention over time, or even an intervention at this level over time, brings costs, of course, ever-mounting costs, because it costs money to run these operations, and increased risks. And the Russians already have suffered casualties. And of course, you could expect over time they would suffer more. So for the Russians, they realize that they have very good leverage against the United States, the Syrian opposition, or I should say the Syrian opposition and its allies, including the United States. And suddenly they realize, well, maybe they need a little bit of leverage against Assad to make sure that Assad goes to the negotiating table and actually negotiates in good faith. Evelyn Farkas, uh, senior fellow at the Atlantic Council in Washington, D.C., previously the Pentagon's uh, former top expert on Russia, or from a former Pentagon official to a former Moscow correspondent. Luke Harding was the Guardian newspaper's man in the Russian capital. Has the West consistently underestimated President Putin's ability to call the shots in Syria? I don't think it's underestimating. Everyone knows that Putin is a formidable and kind of prickly ally and sometimes foe. I I think it's more that... Uh, people don't really understand the way that Putin thinks. Now, there's a sort of there's a sort of Western, in inverted commas, way of thinking, which is that sort of nation states are interested in mutual solutions, which kind of benefit everybody. Well, Putin doesn't play by those rules. He he's really a sort of tactician who thinks in zero sum terms. Uh, he he thinks that generally speaking, what is kind of bad for America is is good for Russia. He's someone whose whose worldview is shaped by his time in the KGB. And so he's playing a kind of different game. And of course, as we've seen, uh, both in Ukraine and Syria, he's prefer- prepared to use military force when, when people in the West and the European Union are far more squeamish about engaging, bombing, sending troops and so on. Well, let's talk about a, another type of force uh, that allegedly, anyway, the Russian state is... Uh, said to have used and it's the subject of the book that that you've uh, just published tell me about why you were uh, uh, if it's uh, not an odd thing to say uh, attracted to the idea of writing about the death of alexander Litvinenko. well my my new book is called a very expensive poison um and obviously the poison is the polonium used by by two uh, Russian assassins which killed him uh, in November 2006 but it's also a kind of metaphor if you like for, for Russia's whole relations uh, with the West during during this period which have, have, have got worse and worse and worse. So I was fascinated with the story because I was posted uh, as the Guardian's correspondent um, in Moscow at the beginning of 2007 a couple of months after Livnyakov died horribly um, in, in London and, and this whole story cast a, a chill over relations between London and Moscow. But at the same time, it was very, very hard to get any answers. It was a kind of taboo theme, really. The Kremlin didn't want to discuss this. Um, the, the, two, the two suspects, Dmitry 
um, Kofton and Andre Lugovoy protested their innocence very loudly. And Vladimir Putin made, made it clear that he was not going to extradite them to the UK under any circumstances. Um, and we had to wait more than eight years, eight and a half years, uh, until a public inquiry in London last year, presided over by a judge, Sir Robert Owen, where we finally got the evidence collected by Scotland Yard um, and forensic scientists. And it just made for a, for a dark and thrilling tale in, in which these assassins were inept. They finally got their man, but it took them three attempts. They left a trail of radioactive debris all over London. And it, 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 I have to say, the book I've written, it's kind of non-fiction thriller, is straight out of John le Carré. And yet... Despite all the expressions of political outrage that there were across um, Parliament when the judge came out with his findings a couple of months ago, nothing's really changed in terms of relations with Russia. Uh, Certainly as far as Britain is concerned, you could perhaps argue as far as the West is concerned. Does that surprise you? Well, it it doesn't surprise me, but it, it disappoints